Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Hopefully, you're coming back and returning clients, so to speak, here on the Automated Millionaire podcast or video podcast, video cast, I guess we can call it. Um, I am Mikael Pitzner. I'm the creator and founder of the Automated Millionaire, its courses, programs, and its coaching. I help small and medium-sized businesses uh, make the business owners make much more money, and I do so by implementing a unique business system that I call the Automated Millionaire Business System. It's a system that really utilizes the, the business resources that the business owners typically have already, or at least can be set up very quickly. And then it helps transform the business into a much smoother operated run business where the employees know exactly what they're supposed to do and by how much they're supposed to do it and by when so that you can begin to get the results you always wanted. You can find more information about all of this and more on my website, theautomatedmillionaire.com. Again, that's theautomatedmillionaire.com. I want to continue this episode, uh, which is episode number 11, by giving you a little bit more background about The Automated Millionaire, how it came about, and why I'm called The Automated Millionaire. So, you may not know it, but uh, you probably hear my weird accent and so on, and that is the, my remnants from uh, back in Denmark. I was born and raised in Denmark, and it's also in Denmark that I had my first true real business experience. And it started with me beginning to, uh, I took a job with a large car rental company back in Denmark. And I took a job at the lowest uh, position of the totem pole, so to speak. I basically became the car washer of, uh, in, in the business. But within a few years, I actually grew up in the ranks. I moved up through the paces and so on. And within, I think it was like four, five, six years or so, I actually took over the managing director, the CEO position of that entire company. Now, this company was the fourth largest car rental company in Denmark. And we were at that point managing about, I think it was like 1,500 vehicles, 1,500 to 2,000 vehicles. It was about $60 million worth of assets. We had about 200 employees and we had countrywide locations. So you can imagine that's quite a bit of a fast track forward from the lowest point of the totem pole up to the highest position. I even at that point also became part of the board of directors. So I was now sitting on the board of directors determining the grander vision for the business and where we were going to take it. A few years into that position, I actually uh, wanted really to truly also to have my own business, something that was, it was really me. I could do everything I wanted because with the other business, of course, I was a hired hand. And although, you know, I could basically do much of what I wanted, you always kind of feel like, well, you still have to answer to a board of directors and ultimately it's not really your own and you can't test out too many outrageous ideas or whatever you want, right? So I wanted my own. And it so happened that I found, you know, well, there was this limousine service company and it was kind of like in the same genre of things, car rental, limousines, cars, vehicles, people, that type of thing. So, so I thought, you know, that's a good fit and so on. And I asked the board of directors, would they allow me to buy my own business while I was still running the car rental company? Now, very implicitly and ex explicitly, they did, did tell me, yes, you can. We are agreeing to that. However, it's got to be on your own time. So in other words, it would be that I would work my day job with the car rental company, 
And then when I was coming home in the evening, I would then be able to say, okay, well, now it's time for my limousine service company. So my time that I spent on limousine service company was typically in the evenings and the weekends and vacations and so on. And that's when I kind of handled that part of the business. That also meant that from the get-go, seeing that I could not be there in the daily business hours to operate it, I would have other people to do that for me. So in other words, I would have a team of people to carry out all of that and carry out the actual trips of the you know, transfers from A to B or the sightseeing or whatever the use of the vehicles were for. And, and you know, I would have that team to kind of operate the entire daily operation. I could then instruct them about, okay, where I wanted to go, how I wanted some changes, what my conditions were for, you know, trade and so on, and also pricing and so on. We will come back to, at some other point, I'll talk to you about those key uh, areas of uh, the business that I said, those areas I will con- remain in control of. I will retain all control of, you know, how we set pricing and so on. We'll get back to that in another episode. But what it meant from get-go was because of the circumstances of me having to take care of a day job but wanting to do this other business, and that business, of course, operated actually 24 hours a day, but most of the meetings would be in business hours, and I could not be there myself. Well, I basically had to run it by what I call remote control. Remote control requires a few things. It requires, of course, that you have good people in place. Um, I've spoken, and I'll just mention this briefly, but I've spoken about it before where I actually had to let go of my initial team, the team I took over from the previous owner of this business uh, when I bought it. And I had to change them out because I just felt like I couldn't go anywhere with them. They were too locked in how they always done things. They were too scared of making any changes, however small it seemed to me. And quite frankly, I, need, I knew I had to make some big, giant uh, changes. Uh, the business, when I bought it also, I actually bought it for 100% borrowed money. I didn't have, I had a nice CEO position. It paid me good money, but, you know, after taxes and, you know, a sound lifestyle, then, you know, there wasn't really money to pay for the business. So I borrowed 100% of the money to actually do the business. I even almost doubled that investment money with more uh, borrowed money to update the fleet a little bit so I buy some new vehicles that I added into the fleet because basically a little bit of an ego I wanted to make a splash to my clients that hey there's a new sheriff in time there's a new owner but again you have to have a good team in place and after I changed out my team and so on I had some really good people but no matter almost how good your people are, you, they also need some certain directions. They need some guidance and they need some help about you know, how we tackle the bigger, more challenging areas. At any rate, what I found is that over 14 years of ownership of this business, if I collect the 10 minutes here, half an hour there, one hour there, one day there, together that I was there physically, I probably only can amount about 60 work days out of a total of 14 years of ownership that I was physically present. Now, granted, that doesn't mean that I only spent 60 days worth of work hours uh, in terms of working on the business. 
I probably spent like much, well, I know I spent a lot, lot more hours than that. Um, but it was offside. It was, you know, in the evenings, it was nighttime, it was early morning, it was like tr when I was traveling on vacations. So I spent a lot of time on how am I going to take this business to a different level. The results, which I've also spoken about in other episodes, were that in the first year of ownership, my numbers for the business compared to the last year of ownership of the previous owner's numbers, we took the top line, meaning the sales, and we more than tripled those. So we went about three and a half times on the sales that the business owner had in his last year, and we more than three and a half times those sales in the first year. We also took what's called the EBDAT line, that is the earnings before we look at interest and taxes and amortization, depreciation and so on. We took that number and we more than, or just about 32 times that number. Uh, although I have to make one correction here, that was before the finance. After finance, because I borrowed all that money, uh, the finance probably went down to about 18, 20 times higher than the previous owner. And all within the first year and all on what I call remote control. In fact, over the course of my life in adult life and life and experience in business and all, very often what I found is some of my best results I actually found when I was working less. And you'll see that with mo most of the very, very successful business owners of whom we know the names of in, you know, in the world, that yes, they may be working really, really hard, but they actually have a lot of um, results that comes in on, from other parts of the business that they are not even working on while they're working on their new favorite project or something, right? And so it's, it's, uh, it has a lot to do with, you know, once you have things up and rolling and, and done well, you're actually working more about on the, on the business as opposed to in the business. So you very typically you actually make money the less you, you work. I very often found that when I went on vacation and so on, I would come back and I would have the most best, the, the best ideas because that's where I relaxed enough to my thoughts have some creativity to how to do it. At any rate, fast forward many, many years and I get to the States and I go into a you know, new business and I try to develop some marketing. I was speaking to some marketing people and they were helping me to process a certain area of a business that I wanted to work on. And we, they spoke very much about, you know, what's the story behind it? What's your story and so on. And that's when they learned about, you know, my results from the, uh, the Copenhagen Limousine Service and Scandinavian Limousine Service, the private car company. These are all names that I used to operate back in Denmark. And they learned about these big results while even that I lived for several of the years outside of Denmark, so basically never been there. And they coined the term the automated millionaire. They basically coined the term that, oh, you're like, you're like an automated millionaire. You're like, you're getting, you're making all this money happen and so on, but you're doing it pretty much on automation. Granted, it's not that it really was automated, but in a sense, it is an automation when you're setting a system up and it's working and things are you know, the normal operation can be handled by a lot of other people and your team and so on because everything is in place. So that part is an automation. Today, I would say we have a lot more tools thanks to technology, to social media, to the internet, no less, 
um, we have a lot more that we can actually truly automate. So all of these things actually became, you know, the, the, they say, and, and they coined the term the automated millionaire. So I was Mikhail Pitzner, also known as the automated millionaire. And I liked it so much, actually, that I, then I took it and I said, well, that's going to be the brand for helping more business create a lot better results and create a lot better lifestyle for themselves and their families, their employees and their families and all the positive ripple effect that comes out of it. So I hope this serves you well as an understanding of where the, the name came from. It's not that I want to be brash or harsh or anything like that braggadocious about it and so on, but it is because there are a lot of lessons from this journey that I took that I will be conveying in these uh, podcasts here, in the video podcast, or in my programs and coaching and other things that I offer, either freely or for pay. Um, and I really know that this can help a lot of people. When I have been serving people and companies in the trenches, in on site and so on, all over the United States in particular and into Canada, then a lot of these um, lessons that I picked up over all those years have transformed into a full system. Full system I today call the automated millionaire business system that really gets the business up and running to uh, following the same kind of solutions and escalating the results of the business. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll wrap this up. I thank you once again for being here. I really truly um, hope that you can draw some uh, good conclusions from. If you don't watch most of the previous episodes up till today, they have uh, been about the secrets of a top business turnaround agent because that's basically what I've been the last few years has been like going into business most of them really struggling and helping the business owner turn it around onto a path of prosperity within very, very short time. We're talking about maybe a few weeks or a few months and then using this kind of system. So I know it works and uh, it fits very well along with the lines of the automated millionaire. So ladies and gentlemen, that is your introduction perhaps, or maybe it's a repeater of who and what the automated millionaire is. I thank you so much and I'll see you in future programs where we will be talking more about what you can do or what you need to look out for in your business. Talk soon.